friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I'm your host today. And today's podcast is going to be looking at a little passage from John 5. It's a little Bible study. Uh, we're going to look at some of the historical background of the passage and how it helps us understand the passage. And uh, I'm really a fan of of looking at the context of the Bible and understanding the location so that we can understand what is going on in the passage. So we're going to do that today in a little passage from John 5. Now, just before we get there, a couple of things. So we've got a few more podcasts coming out before Christmas. We're going to hit pause mid-December with the podcast just to get us over Christmas. Obviously, Christmas is a very uh, busy period. Uh, there's lots going on. So I'm going to drop a couple of podcasts in December around the Christmas story and the Jewish understanding of the Christmas story. So they should be really quite interesting. And then we're going to come back in January uh, with a, a bang. We've got a podcasts with uh, Pete Gregg. We've got podcasts with Miriam Swaffield. We've got podcasts looking at uh, what if we knew what God knows about us. So we've got lots going on. But before then, today's podcast, let's look at John 5 and the pool of Bethesda. I recently had uh, someone I know say to me, God helps those who help themselves, doesn't he, Chris? I was like, sorry, what? God helps those that help themselves. Like, we we help ourselves and and God blesses us because we're doing it. I was like, what? No, I've never, that is not from the Bible. That is not actually from anywhere near the Bible. It's actually a quote from Ben Franklin. And it appeared in Poor Richard's Almanac in, in 1757. This phrase, God helps those who help themselves. It is not a biblical uh, quote whatsoever. In fact, it's it's what I would describe as anti-biblical. It's completely opposite. God helps those that can't help themselves those that have not got the ability uh, God comes and supernaturally uh, does something in their lives and the passage that we're going to look at today from John chapter 5 is exactly this it's a passage about a man who cannot help himself no one is helping him therefore Jesus helps him so I'm going to read to you just a few verses this is from John chapter 5 verses one to five. And I would love it if you would hit pause, open this passage in your paper Bible and just read these verses with me because I want you to notice something. So if you're able to hit pause, hit pause, pull out a Bible, open up John chapter five and we're going to read verses one to five. So here we go. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish feasts and festivals Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, was a pool, which in the Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five uh, covered colonnades. Verse 3. Here a great number of disabled people came to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been invalid for 38 years. So if you're reading that with your Bible open in front of you, I want you to turn and read me verse four. Yeah, read me verse four. Where's verse four? 
Now, most of us would open our Bibles up and we'd notice that there is no verse four. There's not many translations of the Bible that have a fourth verse because the fourth verse is a verse that was added in later to try and make sense of the passage. So imagine this story happens in Jerusalem. You know the location. You know where this um, place was, this pool of Bethesda. You knew its history. So when a story comes out of this place, you you know uh, that venue and you know what it was known for. That story then comes out of Jerusalem. It's now being told in Turkey. It's now being told in Rome. It's now being told all over Europe. You'd have a problem that people don't know that location. So what the Bible translators ended up doing, somewhere, someone somewhere added in an extra verse, which we don't have in there because it's not in the earliest manuscripts. The Bible that you have is the closest we ha- we can have to the original texts. So any verses that are added later on to try and make sense of the Bible are removed. So when people say the Bible has changed, really that is not true. The Bible hasn't changed. What we buy as a copy of the Bible is as close as we know it to the original text. So verse 4 has been removed because it's not in the earliest manuscripts. Now if you go to the bottom of the page of your Bible, you may have verse 4 there. Verse 4 says this, and it's a missing verse, but it's verse 4. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each disturbance would be cured of whatever disease that they had. Now, let me explain. The pool of Bethesda was a supernatural pool. It was understood to be a place where people could go and find healing. And the deal was this. The belief was that randomly an angel would appear and take their wing and stir the water of the pool so the water would start moving and when it moved the first person to get into the pool would be healed because of the supernatural powers in the water. So this was uh, a pagan healing pool that really the 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 Jews had kind of adopted into their understanding of the world. It was a, there was many pools across the Middle East where there was um, mineral springs. And these mineral springs, if you got into them, the minerals in the water could bring healing to skin diseases. So uh, across the Middle East, there was these hot water mineral pools and they were believed to bring healing. And there was one in Jerusalem. So the Jews adopted it in that there was this supernatural pool. And the belief was that this spring would bring healing if you could get into it the fastest. So here you had this healing pool. And of course, the mineral water uh, was always going to be good for healing. Mineral water is good for skin. So of course, it was known for healing. So Let me just read you the passage again with verse four in. So sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for this festival. While he is there, he goes to the pool at the Sheep Gate, which is called Bethesda, uh, which is surrounded by the five colonnades. So uh, the five colonnades, each column representing Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. So it's a a pool uh, taking them back to the creation story. 
From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool, after each disturbance, would be cured by whatever disease. And a great number of disabled people used to lie there, the blind, uh, the, blind the lame, and the paralyzed. And one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. So you have a pool. It's a pool that was known for being supernatural. It was a pool that was known uh, in the community to be a healing pool. And if the angel stirred the waters and you were the first in, then you would be healed. And now we're told there's a story. Stories of a man who's been at this pool for 38 years. This is a man who has been at the supernatural pool most of his life. But because he is lame, he can't get up and get into the pool. So here you have a man that is unable to help himself. Here is a man who is unable to get into the supernatural pool. So somebody must be taking him to the pool every day and he's sitting by the poolside and he's waiting for the angel and he just wants to get into the pool to get healed. But he cannot get into the pool fast enough. And Jesus comes along and shows this man what real healing power looks like. So here we have a pool for the blind and the paralyzed. And if they could get into the supernatural pool, they would be healed. Let me ask you this question for a moment. What are the places in your life right now that you are blind and paralyzed? Is it over your finances? Are you blind and paralyzed over your finances? Are you blind and paralyzed over an aggressive boss or a workplace conflict? Are you blind and paralysed over a lack of confidence for your parenting? Are you, are you lacking in parenting confidence? Uh, are you blind and paralysed over your age? Sometimes as you grow older, you can feel like the younger folk get promoted and, and you aren't. Do you feel like you're being left behind? Here is a man who has been at this pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And there is no one to help him into the pool. He's been at the pool for 38 years, but knows nobody well enough to help him into the pool. People have brought him to the pool. He's sat there for 38 years, but knows no one well enough to help him get into the pool. Here is a man who's been a part of the pool community for 38 years, and his relationship with the others is shallow, deep. Friends, People attend church for years and years and years and the depth of their relationships are shallow, deep. People don't feel like they can be real. They don't feel like they can share their pain or their groanings. They don't uh, think that they fit or they don't stick around long enough to find out if they do. So here you have a beautiful story. It's a story of a, of a pool that has supernatural powers and this man can't get into that pool. And here comes along Jesus. Jesus who doesn't need magic pools. Uh, he doesn't need anything uh, else. Friends, there are people who go to church and never speak about the reality of their lives. They are paralyzed like the man. There are people who come to church hoping that church this pool, they might find healing. 
but don't know each other well enough to say to each other, would you help me get closer to Jesus so that I might find healing? It's like the, the pool is church and the church is a place where people come and sit together but are unwilling to be honest with each other to help each other get into the pool. And you just think about this guy. This guy's been there for 38 years. And you just think, gosh, why didn't, why wasn't there somebody at the pool saying, look, I'll help you this time. If you help me next time, we'll work together on this. Uh, it's your turn next. Uh, it, it obviously just was an every person for themselves kind of mentality. Friends, the church is not meant to be like the pool. The church is meant to be a place that those gathering around the pool help each other to encounter the presence of God. The church is meant to be an honest place where we say, guys, I am struggling. I can't keep going like this. I've, I've been here for years and I need to see Jesus transform some area of my life. Do you need to see Jesus transform your finances, some medical health? something is it is it something mentally emotionally that you need Jesus to be uh, with you in to bring about change in your life some healing in your life are you like the man at the pool that doesn't know anybody else well enough to say please would you pray for me are you like the man who just keeps things hidden under the surface so nobody really knows what is going on we can be so fearful of being real because we don't want people to think that we're a failure. Let me just say that again. We can be so fearful of being real because we don't want people to think that we are a failure. We are so focused on a success mindset that we are sometimes so scared of being honest about how, what is really going on because others may realise that we are not as perfect as we like to present that we are. Are we willing to talk about the past, not just the present? So a little thing I notice very often about church pastors, and I'd love you to just spot this as well. I spot this in me when I do it. Church leaders are very good at talking about their failures in the past, but are not willing to talk about their failures in the present. Uh, we, we, we have this success mindset that says, well, if I am going to be honest, I'll tell you a story that's 10 years old about when I failed. I'm not going to tell you about a story of when I failed a week ago. Therefore, um, you'll think well of me. So I'm willing to tell you about what's happened in the past, but I'm not willing to tell you what's happening in the present. Friends, we have to be honest with each other about what's happening in the present, not just the past, so that we can find healing together. The story of the pool of Bethesda shows us that God helps those who need his help the most. God does not help those who help themselves. That is actually a manipulation of the gospel. It's a twisted gospel that says, I am the king of my life. And if I can make well of my life, God will bless me. Rubbish. God helps those who need his help. That's the gospel as it is. And the church is a group of people who are learning to be real with each other, share in their pain and in their hurt and in their frustrations. The people who are learning to share all the ways life is paralyzing them so that a loving community can serve and love each other uh, back to back, shoulder to shoulder, loving each other back to life. The church 
is not a pool where people don't know each other. The church is meant to be a pool where people know, love, care for each other, cheer each other on, help each other into the pool. That is what the church community is actually about. And my challenge for you today is how honest are you? And how deeply do you live with other Christians? Are you honest with them about what's going on in your life so that they can support you, can love you, can care for you and can cheer you on? So I want to ask you a quick question. Are you in debt? Are you struggling with depression? Are you fearful of someone or someone else? Are you worried about work? Are you ill or have some sickness? Are you lonely? Are you being used by someone else? Or are you using again? Are you using uh, in your addiction again? I want to say this to you. If you're in debt, tell someone. If you're struggling with depression, tell someone. Are you fearful of someone or something? Tell someone. Are you worried about work? Tell someone. Are you ill? Tell someone. Are you lonely? Tell someone. Are you using again? Tell someone. Don't go 38 years unable to help, get help, because you don't know anyone to help you. Don't be one of those people who turns up to a church community and then leaves without telling someone else what's really going on in your life. The church community is not meant to be a place where we just go, sing songs, hear a nice sermon, take communion and then leave. That is called consumer Christianity, where we consume from it and we walk out the door. A real Jesus community is a place, it's like a pool party, where we hang out together, we chat with one another, we get to know each other, and we're a part of something together, and in that we can help each other into the pool. Don't go 38 years unable to get help because you don't know someone well enough, or you don't know the community well enough. Lean in. Play your part. Don't consume. Be a part of that family. Friends, we need to live deep with each other. We need to be honest with each other. So I, just, I want to ask you a little kind of response question, I guess. Can you find somebody that you don't know very well at your church? Somebody that you maybe have never spoken to? Somebody that you've never gone and shared the peace with? And ask them, who are they? Where are they from? What do they do? How can you love them? Because you don't know what's going on in their life and you may be the person they need to help them into the pool. You may be the very individual that has gone through what they have gone through and you can share with them what you have learned. And that is what a Jesus community is meant to look like. John 5 Yes, it's a story about a story about man bringing a uh, Jesus bringing healing to a man, but it's also a story of a man who sat at a magic pool and had nobody to help him get into that magic pool. A man who's in a community but not in a community. Uh, if you ever get to go to Jerusalem, friends, go to the pool of Bethesda. Go and see uh, what it looks like now. It's uh, archaeological uh, remains. It's it's derelict. Uh, there's nothing there 
it's a dead church. It's a dead church because it, it stopped being what it always should have been. The pool of Bethesda should have been a place where people could go together and find healing in a God who brings healing. But it failed to do that because people were not honest with each other about their needs and therefore it died out. Don't let the church die out like the pool of Bethesda died out. Keep it a place of honesty, a place of realism, share with each other what is going on so that the pool, the Jesus community would continue to be here uh, in the future. So friends, be real. Be real with each other. Tell someone what is going on. Invite each other to support each other, to help each other into an encounter with God. So friends, that is my challenge. Can you find someone that you don't know, that you've never spoken to? Can you ask them where they're from? Ask them what they do and ask them how you can love them and support them. So friends, I hope you find that episode of Making Disciples helpful, particularly this thing about the Pool of Bethesda and it's kind of what it was about as a location, what was happening in this location, uh, and therefore maybe how we miss some of the beauty of what's going on in the passage because we don't quite know the context of it. I hope you find that really helpful. Uh, friends, we've got more of these coming where we look at some of the historical uh, locations. Next year, a little trip is going from our church to Jerusalem. We're going to record a few podcasts actually on location during Lent, uh, which is really exciting to record some podcasts from the Sermon on the Mount, like the location uh, where we're going to do some from um, from the streets of Jerusalem. So we've got more of this stuff to come in, but friends, I hope you find that helpful. So until next time, grace and peace.